Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Augustine, and this show is produced by ALRPRA Incorporated, a national law practice management agency headquartered downtown Chicago, Illinois, and serving greater Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. We help manage our clients' business so they can spend more time practicing law. Our primary activities are law firm public relations, marketing, and credentialing. We also offer a wide variety of practice management services to help you with the back-end business of managing a law firm. Today's guest is Jim Thompson. Jim Thompson practiced law for 26 years before retiring, and after retiring, he founded the Midwest Consulting Group, Incorporated. At Midwest, the mission is to teach lawyers and other professionals the marketing skills they need to grow their practices. Obviously, with over 43,000 new lawyers graduating every year and a multitude of lawyers being laid off from law firms, there is a definite need for lawyers to learn how to market their services. Jim teaches a program that's called Get Clients Now, and this is what he's going to be sharing with us a little bit more this afternoon in the way of January and filling the pipeline. We do have a great show for you this afternoon, and we will get started actually with a little bit of a discussion about the Arizona shootings and some of the fallout um, specifically this Westboro Baptist Church planning to picket in protest at the funerals and some lawmakers' actions in response. So if anyone does want to call in during our first 15 minutes uh, where we're talking about that, please do so. Telephone number is 917-889-9732. Press option 1 to be placed in the queue. That telephone number again is 917-889-9732. Option 1 for the queue. Also, emails are also great at nick, N-I-C-K, at A-L-R-P-R-A.com. Please put Law Talk Radio in the subject line, and we will get your email and uh, hopefully oblige your request to help us with programming. By way of general disclaimer before we get moving today, this is a general information program and the advice that's shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary and are based on specific facts and location. Communication with any of our attorney guests among guests and callers on this show does not give rise to an attorney-client relationship. If you have further questions, you're always encouraged to consult with an attorney and or professional in your area. Finally, all callers do remain confidential, and all rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA Incorporated. A couple of announcements quick before we get going. Number one, the Collaborative Law Institute. They have a program coming up this January 25th from 2 to 5 with a reception following from 5 to 6. It's an MCLE seminar at the Chicago Bar Association located at 321 Plymouth Court here in Chicago. And the, tele- or the telephone number, the website for more information is chicagobar.org. It's a three-hour uh, prelude to a larger two-day training. There's also a non-family civil collaborative training in Chicago coming up in February, information about which can be found at cpchicago.net. The presentation is called Collaborative Law, Expanding Your Practice Within This Limited Scope Model. Now, this seminar is going to cover the history, mechanics, ethics, and the shift in communication styles needed to practice in this new and developing area of conflict resolution. 
Discussions will cover the application of the collaborative practice model in family law and non-family law cases, and the necessary steps practitioners must take to retool their practices to provide the collaborative practice option to their clients. Also, this January 12th, classes start at the Law Practice Management School and weekly online law practice webinar uh, education program is covering management, marketing, technology, and finance. For more information or to apply, please visit alrpra.com forward slash law hyphen practice hyphen management hyphen school and you'll find more information there. The price in this 12-week course is $500, but of course, people who register uh, today, this week, special offer of 250 So descriptions available again at alrpra.com. Today, again, Attorney James Thompson, is going to be a reg- who is a regular guest on our Law Talk Radio programs, will be discussing a little bit about networking, earning referral partners, and other considerations for lawyers who want more clients. Some of this activity will sound very will, is very simple, and your current clients today may actually be quite excellent untapped resources. So Jim is going to teach us a little bit more based on his personal and professional experiences on how to do this, again, while maintaining a strict professional standard and not coming off salesy. So we're filling the pipeline, which most people uh, think of as sales, but this is true for service professionals as well. So before we get going with that, and Jim will say hi to you. How are you doing, Jim? Uh, Jim, I'm doing great. Um, I, uh, I'm looking outside. It's snowing here. It looks wonderful. Uh, any of the lawyers that are out in any of the sunny areas, um, I wish I were there. <laughs> but I'm, now, I'm pleased to be here and look forward to the call. Now, Jim, Jim, let's talk about Atlanta. You practice law in Georgia. Uh, what's your response to the snowstorm there? I've got a, someone on my Facebook who um, says that he's snowed in and staying at home. Well, the uh, the normal course of events, if you got an inch of snow, it paralyzed the city. So you can imagine that uh, what four inches plus ice uh, would do to the city. And that the normal thing used to be, if you got an inch of snow, you stayed in because in a couple of days it was going to be melted off. I don't know what they're doing with four inches, quite frankly. It's... Um, uh, it's probably akin to getting, uh, you know, three or four feet here in Chicago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's why one thing I tell people is I take the train. I live on the north side. Snow away. doesn't bother me. However, when I was living in the suburbs, I relied on <laughs> being stuck in traffic forever, so that wasn't good. So anyway, today, before we talk a little bit more about uh, filling the pipeline and continuing on with our marketing discussions, I know when you were on the show last we uh, carved out a marketing plan, um, and I still have my marketing plan on my wall, and I look at it as a reminder, so that's a good thing. But before we go into yeah, more about um, about prospecting and such, let's talk a little bit about some legal implications. I just want to pick your brain and what you think about this Westboro Baptist Church and their picketing funerals of Arizona uh, shooting victims. And I'll just re- say real quickly, the information I'm finding on this um, I saw while I was at my gym this afternoon um, on CNN, but then all I Googled with a Google search on keywords was protest, AZ shooting, and I get Westboro Baptist Church to picket funerals of Arizona shooting victims. Um, another thing says anti-gay church, Westboro, to protest funerals of anti of Arizona. So I'm... You know, I don't know how much of a political issue this is or, or, or whether this 
what what they're planning to protest. I have not seen or researched that much about it, but what I saw was that commentary that said some people were talking about um, things that were pending in the Supreme Court right now, and one of the individuals um, responding said that he didn't think it was going to pass uh, as a, a prior restraint on, on freedom of speech. Jim, what have you seen? What do you think about all this hysteria? Well, kind of let me preference or preface what I'm going to say, having... Um, uh, served in the Army, being a, a Vietnam uh, a veteran, um, uh, and, and having seen what some of these folks at this church are doing, um, it's just absolute appalling that uh, they can claim that this is free speech to go out and basically harass the family of a soldier who has been killed in action, who's over there, quite frankly, um, whether you agree with um, what's going on over in, in Afghanistan or not, those guys that are over there are doing their job to protect your right to free speech, and then these folks are going out and, I think, quite frankly, abusing it in the sense that they're picketing not the soldier, quite frankly, because he's passed away, but the family members, and it's such a trying time for them and my understanding is that they do this because they're they're saying because uh, we become a gay nation or there's we tolerate gays that that this is a curse and this is a way to to get their word out for the life of me though I heard this this morning about they're going out and picketing this uh, and what I heard uh, the funeral of this nine year old girl um, I you know for the life of me, can't understand why they would want to or what benefit a nine picking, picking, picketing a funeral of a nine-year-old girl would be. That just is, is so, um, I guess, disgusting to me. It, it's just like, you know, uh, what would happen if uh, on a free speech, if we turned it around and we went, got a bunch of people and went to their church and started picketing what they were um, saying or doing, uh, they they would be very offended, I'm sure, by it, and probably have the ACLU sure. uh, protecting them. Uh, from my understanding, and I haven't followed it very closely, the case in the Supreme Court um, stems from somebody that basically attacked one of these individuals or one of the members of this particular group, and they went to trial, and there was a judgment that came down. And, uh, and again, my memory is a little weak on this, uh, that a judgment came down and found that uh, the person who had attacked him, they, the person got off, but the court made him pay court costs or something of that nature, and therefore that's how it's worked its way up to the Supreme Court and has become a, for lack of a better term, a free speech case. Um, you, you know, but it wasn't really like, decided? Is that, is that what you're getting at? It wasn't really decided, though? They got rid of the case? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, it's unfortunate. But, but, you know, yeah. you know and it, it, is, it, is it a free speech issue? I mean, it's, is it kind of like, you know, there's limits on free speech and the, the uh, proverbial yelling fire in a crowded theater is that yeah, hate, protected hate speech. free speech? Yeah, it's there's the, speech. all the it's hate exactly speech. Yeah, I remember learning about that in law school with, you know, and it was kind of an interesting thing to wrap your head around where, um, you know, inciting things that incite terror, incite riots or... Um, you know, otherwise, you know, upruling uh, other people's right to peaceably walk the streets, um, you know, would be considered, you know, or was, you know, along the themes of hate speech and those things, there was not a constitutional protection for. So, I don't know whether, um, whether, I, whether it uh, maybe I guess it depends on their level of violence. 
Um, have you heard anything about them planning to? Uh, you know, people say that they're very loud and uh, forceful. I don't know that there have ever been acts of violence. I know that there's a group of these uh, angels. Um, they're calling themselves who are going to be there with big white sheets, and you plan to shield some of the mourning families from any of these um, obstreperous individuals. I think that's possibly what maybe this case that's up before the Supreme Court came about because uh, there was a, um, a, I don't want to say a blockade, but they put these folks that were protesting, um, you know, away from the funeral area. And then, um, as I understand it, there was some kind of altercation. And being loud enough, sure, I mean, you know, they could be a city block away and, and have a, an amplified sound system and say whatever they want to say. And is that, you know, protected free speech? And I think, quite frankly, um, it, it borders on hate speech. Uh, because what are they talking about? Why, why, are, they, why are they protesting? Um, because the nation has become a nation of gays, or, and I guess that's their whole issue of, 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 of the soldiers and, and, and that thing, that we're, the soldiers are being punished because we are a, a gay-loving nation, if you will, or whatever. I, I don't even know what their particular cause is, but it's just like, you know, what happens if another group says, we're going to go, like I said, go protest at church if they're protesting, um, are they going to be saying, well, we can't do that? It's, it's just it's idiot. It's idiocy, quite frankly. There's no common sense about it whatsoever. No, and they make so. no sense. And they showed up. They were planning to, I thought it was interesting, they were planning to appear at the NIU shooting for the vigil um, at Northern Illinois University several years ago. Um, both of my brothers were in attendance at the school at that time. And I remember talking to someone from NBC Chicago who was going to you know, be there in case anything went wrong because there were a whole bunch of people that said, if those people show up, we are going to, they're not, half of them are going home, you know, so it, mm -hmm. it's really mm -hmm. interesting. It's, I mean, you know, in a time where people are mourning over violence, the reaction shouldn't yeah. be more violence. It just, it's, it's a very troublesome and thing. And especially a nine-year-old girl. I mean, you know, that, that's, that's the idiocy of what, what we've allowed some of the people in this country to do um, with regard to saying, oh, it's protected free speech. So who knows? We'll see what happens, and hopefully the Supreme Court will make a, a decision that kind of says that they, they are way out of line and they can't do that anymore. But Yeah. Knows? One of the other per one of the people I, I liked who I saw on uh, she's been on a lot of the clips and I don't her name is escaping me right now, um, but she was uh, a Democratic politician in uh, in Arizona and she was talking about the Supreme Court was clear that the Second Amendment gives people the um, the constitutional right to bear arms and have guns. But regulation mm -hmm. is really what needs to take place, and we need better regulation. And you look at the difference between different states, and um, you know, here in Chicago, Mayor Daley's ban, handgun ban, uh, you know, elapsed and went away, and that's that came. Well, that was a result of that. That's the case um, that she's talking about. Um, you know, so the, the, but, but I mean, here in Chicago versus New York versus L.A., Houston, Atlanta, all different cities and different states with a you know variety of different. Um, different things so may maybe it should be uh, an overarching federal uh federal regulation or state by state but i i mean it's difficult to say 
Um, you know, those are uh, higher constitutional law issues than I'm able to even discuss. But I, I just maybe we do need some federal regulation. What have you heard on that, Jim? Well, you know, there's just a couple things. My understanding is that this congresswoman that was shot was actually a proponent of people having a right to bear arms. She was not an anti-gun uh, person. Um, and and so, you know, and you get into, well, if you ban guns, who are the people that are going to have the guns? You know, it's the criminals that are going to have the guns. Uh, you know, they're going to have them whether it's against the law or not. Yeah. And so by banning the guns, who do you take the guns, you know, the hand, the guns out of people's hands? And then why? Now, having said that, and I'm a very strong proponent of everybody having a gun, having a right to have a gun, um, but, and here's where I would stop, I do not think that people should be allowed to have automatic weapons. Um you know, there's no reason other than the uh, police force to have weapons where you can pull the trigger and it fires off 20 rounds in 20 seconds, which is apparently what this kid had, uh, a magazine with 32 rounds in it, and he just started, you know, just pulled the trigger back and just started shooting away. I don't think there's any reason um, that, that anyone should have an automatic weapon uh, of that type to, to be able to carry around. Uh, so I think there, there has to be a lot of... Um, uh, again, common sense into what we allow people to have and what we don't let them have. And I think the NRA, I wish the NRA would come out and say, yes, we are very strong that people have a right to have the weapons and even concealed weapons, <clears throat> but we are against uh, having the automatic weapons. Yeah. That's just yeah. my thing <laughs> for what it's worth. It, very interesting. We don't have any callers, but we are going to skip to our first uh, commercial break, and then we will get back on point. We just wanted to talk a little bit about the Arizona thing and just bring uh, bring to life um, and share with some people things. Uh, I suppose they've probably already seen it, but um, it's always good to touch upon those things and have a conversation. So we'll go to our first commercial break, then we'll be back. For any of those tuning in, you're listening to Consumer's Law Journal on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio, and our first sponsor of the day is attorney Nancy K. Ducharme. When you need the right legal services to advance your creativity in marketing your company, call the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme brings big law firm experience and reputation to her intellectual property law firm serving national corporate clients in the areas of trademark, copyright, internet, law, and advertising law. You can find the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme by visiting nkdlaw.com and also by searching for the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme on Facebook. By clicking the like button on the law firm's business page, you'll receive periodic blog updates with recent developments in the rapidly changing field of intellectual property law. Our second sponsor of the day is The Lawyer Market. Now, I discovered The Lawyer Market some time ago, and this is the best-kept secret for solos and small firms trying to market their practices. You can join The Lawyer Market for free, and the online marketplace will actually send you the name and contact information of consumers who are interested in hiring you. The Lawyer Legal Marketplace offers a win-win solution to its listed attorneys and the potential clients searching for their legal services. Please visit 
www.thelawyermarket.com forward slash lawyers for more information. That website again is thelawyermarket.com forward slash lawyers. Now back to our Law Talk radio program. We do again encourage our listeners to call in with questions by dialing area code 917-889-9732, option 1 to be placed in the queue. Questions or comments are also uh, submitted through the comment section on ALRPRA.com or by email directly to me at nick, N-I-C-K, at ALRPRA.com. Jim, let's go back to our uh, main topic for the day, which was prospecting in 2011. Um, now, January is the time. Uh, what types of activities we should be doing? Um, referral partners, all sorts of good stuff. So let's just get going. Okay, sure. Uh, when we first talked or when something came up, uh, we talked about this. It was filling the pipeline or prospecting. And I, I think, quite frankly, to, to many lawyers, um, especially lawyers that have been around a while, uh, those might be foreign terms, maybe even to some extent offensive terms. We don't think of, of lawyers or law firms uh, having to go out and fill their pipeline, if you will, uh, or uh, prospecting for customers or clients. Those are terms that I guess are, are pretty much reserved for you know, the other type of businesses that are selling products and things of that nature. But quite frankly, uh, and you touched on it uh, a little bit in the opening comments, um, the way the the competitiveness is, the lawyer um, competitiveness right now with so many lawyers coming out of law school that don't have jobs, so many lawyers that are getting laid off from, from law firms, um, the competitiveness, competitiveness of having to go out and find clients to, to sustain yourself, if you will, to turn an income, is is incredible. It's a lot more difficult, quite frankly, than than when I started practicing law a number of years ago. Um, and, and obviously, the way to get clients has changed uh, considerably over the years. Um, some of the things that you know we, we want to talk about today, and we, we're going to shorten this up a little bit because of what we talked about earlier. But um, I think in, in discussing this topic, we have to look at kind of two different mindsets. The the attorneys that are just coming out of law school who may not have been able to find a job uh, with a law firm or may not have wanted to go to work for a big law firm and have decided, okay, we're going to start our own practice maybe with a, a friend that they graduated law school with or somebody that they knew and they, they kind of partnered up or they went on it completely solo and hung up a shield and said, okay, I'm in business. Okay, um, where are my clients? The second one, uh, and I'll, for lack of a better term, I'll call it the seasoned attorney. And, and these are the guys that basically have been out in practice for a few years, um, have have done some of the groundwork as far as building the practice. They have some clients now. And they obviously want to increase their practice, grow their practice, get more uh, clients. And also, quite frankly, one of the things we've been talking about or I've been talking about with attorneys is not just getting more clients, but but getting better clients, uh, clients that you want to work with. Um, after all, we as attorneys um, don't have to take everyone that comes through the door, and uh, we want to make sure that the clients that we are taking, that are taken um, by our firms, are, are clients that are going to, you know, number one, pay, number two, are going to appreciate what we do. 
uh, for them, and then we can go on, you know, probably spend hours talking about that different thing, but we'll we'll go and, and, and just leave that as it may, but kind of just know that in some aspects we're talking about the new attorney who just is out of law school or the attorney that's been, you know, working for a firm that has never had to go out and get clients. They've handed had files handed to them, and they just have never had to do that. So, And then, of course, the, the seasoned attorney. When I talk about seasoned attorney, again, I want to make sure that you're not thinking about a guy that's been in practice for 10, 15, 20 years, or maybe a guy that's been out there for four or five years. So, so we're kind of going to differentiate a little bit. Having said that, some of the things that, that I'll talk about, they do have a tendency to cross over. So uh, just bear that in mind. Some of the things when I talk about it may be just that, that new firm, that new guy that's starting out, and others would be the senior attorney. Again, some of it's going to cross over. Um, now, th this, is, this is the thing that, that really, when you stop and think about it, most attorneys, and I would say probably 99% of the attorneys, have never done anything or thought about anything as far as marketing their practice, unless they may have been in, I came across a fellow the other day that was in sales in another area that went into uh, law school later, and so he had a good idea of what he needed to do to market his services, but law schools don't teach it. Law firms basically don't teach it. They're big law firms. Some of them are starting to do more and more about marketing and, and getting their associates involved and their partners involved in marketing. But uh, for the longest time, uh, that is not uh, and And quite frankly, even bar associations don't teach marketing and business management of a law firm. They'll, they'll have their CLE courses, and when they talk about things that they need, that lawyers need to do as far as substantive and uh, procedural law, but they don't really offer any courses as far as the marketing of your law firm. So quite frankly, what we're, what we're talking about then is, where does a lawyer um, go and find out about how to to market themselves? And I'm just going to give a few suggestions, things that, that I would, would, would certainly suggest that lawyers do. And the first thing I would say is, is to read and read and read and read. And that would be books on marketing professional practices, not necessarily marketing a law practice, but marketing other types of professional practices. Um, there are a number of books out there that, that you can, you know, go through, look at, uh, and we're gonna, I'm going to talk about some of them as we go along, and I'll, I'll uh, refer to some of these. Probably one of the best books that I have come across um, is a book by Michael Gerber, um, and Michael Gerber, oh, I guess about 20 years ago, wrote a book called The E-Myth. Um, the E-Myth being the entrepreneurial myth, saying that uh, although we are great technicians, and breaking it down, um, as a lawyer, we are a technician. Um, we, we, we are a mechanic. We are a technician. Um, we've heard, we've seen, uh, you know, where a guy might have a, a, he might have a great skill of being a mechanic. He opens up a a body or a um, uh, auto repair shop, and quite frankly, he, he fails. We've seen other people do the same thing. They're good at what they do. A good, a good baker may open a bakery and fail. Same thing happens with lawyers. Uh, a lawyer may be the best lawyer in the world, but when they go out and open up a law practice, they probably um, are, are on the road to failure. Um, 
he turned around, Michael Gerber, in conjunction with two other attorneys, a fellow by the name of Robert Armstrong and uh, Sanford Fish, wrote a book called The E-Myth Attorney. This is probably one of the best books I have ever come across. It's a very oh, small book. It's only about 125 pages. Um, I would, if, if, if I were could give any one single piece of advice to an attorney starting a practice or even uh, who's been in practice for a while, I would recommend that they get a copy of that book. Having said that, um, the uh, the other thing I would do in, in conjunction with reading and reading and reading is to, uh, especially with a book like a book or some people say they don't have time to read because they have so many briefs and other law books and other things to read. Um, I'm going to make a suggestion um, that they uh, do what uh, I think it was um, Brian Tracy I first heard this from, and then I recently heard that it came from Zig Ziglar. Some of those names may not be familiar to lawyers, but people in the marketing profession, they're very familiar. Um, we'll talk about the University of the Automobile or the Automobile University. And basically what they're saying is that the average person is in the automobile anywhere from 300 to 600 hours a year. And my suggestion is that you start getting CDs, uh, MP3s, things, so that you can listen to uh, books and, and, and other things, other people's uh, motivational things, educational things. Uh, having said that, uh, it brings me back to the point that the E-Myth Attorney is available on, I think it's six CDs, um, and I would certainly make a suggestion that you go on Amazon, I think it's about $22, and buy that. I plug those because I think they're absolutely great. I don't get a dime from them. I just think they're the best things I've seen. Having said that, I would then go and say, let's go to seminars, um, not necessarily lawyer-based seminars. Uh, in fact, quite frankly, there's very few lawyer-based seminars that talk about marketing. But go to look around in, in your area and find other um, seminars or courses that are designed to teach marketing or professionals. Now, there have been recently some... Um, some lawyers and some other have gone into the, the the business of providing seminars to teach marketing to lawyers. Some non-lawyers have gone into doing that. There's some very good ones out there. Uh, if anybody would be interested or wanted to know uh, what some of the seminars or uh, marketing uh, meetings are available, if they'll send me a, an email, um, I'll be glad to share that information. Um, and and then the other. The other thing that, that, that I would really suggest is that you get a mentor. If you're just getting into practice, um, uh, you're just starting out, or even if you've been in for a while, it doesn't hurt to get a mentor, somebody that you can talk to about things that are you might be doing right, things you might be doing wrong, somebody that's been there, somebody that's that's been there and done that. And, of course, um, we're talking about maybe going out and, and hiring a consultant. Uh, I know the younger lawyers I've talked to, they, they look and say, well, geez, I can't afford a consultant because it's going to cost me thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, yes and no. Um, there's some consultants out there that you can work with that um, are, are very reasonable. And then, of course, you've got to look at what the cost versus the benefit is. Um, if it costs you... 
$500 to have a consultant come in and he gets you one client, think about what that cost versus the benefit is. If you get a, uh, a client that comes in and sits in your office and hires you, he's certainly going to probably, in most cases, pay a lot more than what that consultant costs you. So hey, Jim, I, I have think- a question. Sure. Mm-hmm. What about the just the intrinsic value of having the benefit of the information? I mean, you know, say, so what if you do the work and you don't get a client directly because of it? Or how do you know that you got a client because of that work? I mean, how do you know when you're spending money on uh, consultants and people to help you with marketing? Um, you know, return on investment sometimes is just kind of a skeptical thing. It's it's hard to measure. Oh, it's it's very hard to measure, and and one of the things that that we talk about in doing a marketing plan is 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 actually going in and tracking what you're doing, and we'll talk about that in a little more detail. But you know, what are you doing now uh, versus you hire a consultant? The consultant comes in and may charge you five hundred dollars, may charge a thousand dollars, or whatever, and take a look at what that consultant. Uh, may do for you over the course of, say, a month. Does what that consultant offer you uh, in terms of advice uh, lead to your bringing in one, two, or three clients? Kind of track it. Yes, it's hard to 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 really say, yeah, because I had a consultant come in that I got two or three more clients. But I think if you sit back and you really think about some of the things that a, that a consultant may um, get you to do, um, and if you're honest with yourself, you'll find that that consultant will be more than worth the value. Having said that, um, it, and it goes along with, okay, if a consultant comes in and gives you advice and gets you to do things and you don't do those things, um, then, it's, then it's a waste. You don't want that consultant to even come in. So you've got to make the commitment if somebody comes in, uh, you got to be accountable for doing what that consultant may request that you do. I know in our our Get Clients Now program, you know, we the, the one of the reasons our program works so well is because we hold people accountable. Um, we get them to do you know some things on a regular, continuing basis, and we hold people accountable. And um, they, they, in fact, I guarantee the program that they're going to get clients. That's how strong I feel about it. With the one proviso that. They have to do what we ask them to do, right. and um, you, you know it's the whole type of thing that you get what you pay for. But if you go to one of these, um, even even I, I would almost guarantee you that if you went and you picked up uh, the E Myth by by Gerber for twenty two dollars or whatever it is, you're going to reap a heck of a lot more in benefits than the twenty two dollars you're going to spend for that book in the a couple of hours that you. You read it. You obviously got to do it, what they talk about, but that, that's the thing. Um, and, and again, it's you can go to all the courses and everything else. If you don't do what people teach you to do, then, then you're never going to reap that benefit. So yeah. I guess hopefully that may have answered your question. I, I don't know whether I did or I didn't. Well, it's it's there. I don't I don't know that there really is. Uh, an answer to the question. Um, ideally, there would be, but I have people uh, that from time to time will say, uh, you know, looking at the marketing services that we provide as an agency, mm-hmm. that if they put in how, if they put in X, they expect Y as a result, 
and there are so many other um, there are so many other factors there, such as we can help drive people to your website and help drive them to call you. But once they call you, if the person on your at your law firm doesn't answer the phone, or if they're rude, or if you never get back to them, you know there are so many other independent variables uh, going on there in in attracting clients to the point of you know from marketing to them finding you to them becoming a, a paying client. So. Uh, we'll continue this discussion after we pause for our second commercial break. And before we get to our third sponsor, we're going to read from today's daily legal news. This comes from the AmLaw Daily, again, the American Law Daily. They also have the Litigation Daily. Great website. Keep on top of things going on, not only local, but um, you know international. And this one is an international article regarding uh, the floods, actually, in Australia. It was posted uh, January 11th. Today, 8.18 a.m., I found it. It was Australian firms evacuate offices as mass floods hit Brisbane. Posted by Chris Johnson on the AMLA Daily website. Text reads, quote, Australia's leading law firms are bracing themselves for damage and disruption as the mass floods that have swept across Queensland spread towards Brisbane, the country's third largest city and key hub, for its booming mining and resources sector. Mayor Campbell Newman said in a press conference on Tuesday that as many as 6,500 homes, businesses, and properties would be flooded by Thursday as continued heavy rainfall calls the Brisbane River to burst its banks. Next paragraph, quote, it's like a war zone, end quote, said Norton Rose Australia managing partner Dan Boyd, who has been stranded in his farm of North Brisbane since Friday. Uh, goes on to, quote, the floods are decimated by Queensland. It literally hasn't stopped raining for weeks, end period on parentheses. Next paragraph, Boyd yesterday gave the order to evacuate the firm's 23-partner Brisbane office, which he said has been declared a disaster zone by the building's land. Landlord. Each of Australia's big six, the country's largest law firms, Allen's Arthur Robinson, Blake Dawson, Clayton Oots, Free Hills, Malsons, Stephen Jack, and Mintner Ellison also have offices in Brisbane. I apologize if I massacred any of those names. But you can find the article, uh, the full-length article, and other great news from the AMLAW Daily um, from their website. So that's today's Daily Legal News. On to our third sponsor message. This one comes from our guest today, Jim Thompson. If you want to get clients now, there's a seasoned attorney and marketing coach you need to talk to. Jim Thompson's program is called Get Clients Now, and it will help you take the crucial steps towards increasing your firm's revenues. The Get Clients Now program employs various time-honored techniques to help you attract the new business and encourage referrals. Jim is going to be a recurring guest on the Lawyer's Toolbox show and the Consumer's, Consumer's Law Journal show uh, regarding attorney marketing and other things that can help our business uh, audience as well. To learn more about Jim Thompson and the Midwest Consulting Group, please visit MidwestConsultants.net and also check out his testimonials on Facebook by searching Get Clients Now. ALRPRA strongly endorses the Get Clients Now program and understands the personal accountability component of this course. You can get in touch with Jim Thompson today by visiting MidwestConsultants.net and also by dialing into our show. And the telephone number is area code 917-889-9732. Again, 917-889-9732, option 1 to be placed in the queue. Going back now to Jim, Jim... Um, 
continue on, we were talking about return on investment uh, a little bit for hiring uh, consultants to help you with your uh, marketing plans. Um, what are some other things that we should be thinking about? Okay, let me let me just while while we're on break, I, a couple of things came to mind. Let me just touch on them really quickly, and then we'll we'll move on. Yeah, sure. when you hire a consultant, you know, talk to that consultant. Make sure that what your expectations are are what his what he can deliver for you. So many times, I, I think sometimes somebody talks to a consultant and they think, okay. You know the the world is going to open. He's going to get the consultant's going to give you the silver bullet, and you're going to make millions of dollars. Um, talk to the consultant about what you need, what you're doing, and let that consultant talk to you in terms of what he can or cannot do for you. Make sure that you're on the same page. Um, make sure you talk to other people that this consultant's worked with. Get testimonials from people. Um, you know, have the have the consultant say, well, you know, here's three or four people that you can talk to about what we did for them. Uh, that's what I think you need to do. Um, and, and then, you know, I, again, I, I get back to a consultant is only as good as if you do the work that the consultant asks you to do or, or gives you the advice and that type of thing. So, you know, those are my uh, my, my points there. Uh, what I want to do is, is kind of really get back to real quick on um, on some of the things lawyers need to be doing. And again, we're talking primarily right now, but again, uh, seasoned lawyers too that want to build their practice, networking, 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 networking is the buzzword, I guess. And um, there are a lot of lawyers out there that hear the term networking and uh, I guess for lack of a better term, sometimes they freeze, they, they're afraid to network because they don't know what it is. And, you know, lawyers, I think, um, are very comfortable in their own element. If the if a trial lawyer goes into court, he's very, very comfortable in that courtroom setting, but he may not be that good public speaking to a large group outside of that setting. And I think that's what happens to a lot of lawyers. They, they get this, they hear networking and they you know, they freeze up because they don't know what they, to do. Um, I do a lot of, of, of work with lawyers, talking to them about networking, what they should be doing at different networking events, and I, I rely on one, one, not one book, but but more more on one book than some of the others. And the book I, I I tell people that they need to get is a book by Bob Berg. It's called Endless Referrals. Um, absolutely, as far as I'm concerned, the best book on referrals and networking. The referrals and networking go hand in hand, and it's the type of book that you're going to keep as a reference guide. It's not just a book you can get at the library. You want to buy it. I think if you go to Amazon, it's 15 or bucks somewhere along there. Absolutely, without a doubt, uh, the best investment you can make if you want to do networking. And quite frankly, in this day and time, if you aren't out there networking, um, you're not going to get clients because I guarantee you there's other attorneys that are out there uh, vying for the same type of clients that you you might want. Um, now, real quick, uh, I want to talk about some, some networking venues. Uh, the Bar Association meetings are good networking events with a caveat. Um, if you um, go to a Bar Association, say you go to a a bar association meeting, uh, say it's a, it's a domestic relations or a divorce meeting, 
um, if you're a divorce attorney, you may not want to go to those those meetings other than for the CLE credits and that type of thing, but you wouldn't want to consider that as, as a networking venue because everybody there is a divorce lawyer. But as a divorce lawyer, you might want to go to um, maybe uh, a, a, a trial lawyer meeting, a, um, a real estate lawyer meeting, uh, things of this nature. Get to know other lawyers uh, that can, and we'll talk about this if we have time, that can become referral partners for you. So, yes, go to bar association meetings, but uh, go to the ones that are outside your area of practice. Um, you may want to join a BNI uh, 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 it's Business Networking International. You can go on websites, and there's usually a BNI uh, a group or a number of groups, depending on the size of your your various locale. Uh, they basically are a networking leads group, and for a younger lawyer who's just starting out that has not networked before, if you can get and do and uh, get into a BNI group, they're 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 um, Industry-specific, usually they only allow one attorney per um, group, uh, but they do break it down. Sometimes they may allow a real estate attorney as well as, say, a divorce attorney, but um, they are. They only allow one, but they're a great way to start learning how to network. Leads group, there's all kinds of leads groups out there. Now, you can look around, um, and there's all kinds of meetings. In Chicago, there's a, a uh, a service, I think it's called Network or Networking Monkey. You can actually go on there and find out different networking events that are going on around town. Um, now, do you want to go to all these networking events? I don't know. You got to pick. It depends on how much time you have. First of all, uh, you can pick and choose. One of the things that you may have to do is go to a networking event and find out whether or not it's a it's a good event for you. Uh, I've had people that have told me, Jim, I've gone to a networking event or a networking um, meeting, and it was the worst event I ever went to. Well, okay, don't go back. Uh, that type of thing. So you're going to have to do some experimentation, go to different – sometimes you go to a, a networking group, and you are going to just absolutely fall in love with it. It's just a great place for you. So it takes a lot of experimentation. Um, one of the suggestions I would make is that you join a chamber of commerce in your local area. But if you do join a chamber of commerce, make sure you become active. Uh, mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than somebody saying, I'm a member of the chamber of commerce, and I've never gotten any business from them. And I'll ask them, well, how much have you done? How active have you served on any committees? Have you done anything? Have you even gone to any of the business after hours or any of the events they hold? Well, no, I never have time. I'll you know, you just don't join a chamber of commerce, pay your 200 or whatever amount it is, get a little plaque to put on your wall, and all of a sudden clients are just going to come, you know, storming through your door. You've got to be active. You've got to get to know people. Um, having said that, the, the key right now and the key is all relationship marketing. Everything, you know, the days of the old sales-type pitch and, and, and this type of thing, even, and I know it really is not, done so much with the lawyer aspect as opposed to, you know, we get the vision of the car salesman and glad handing and all the other stuff. But quite frankly, the, the buzzwords, and they're not really buzzwords, they're really true words. If you're going to do marketing and you're going to go to these events, you got to give the event and the people at those events time to get to know you, like you, and trust you. And when I say trust, I'm not talking about 
trust in the sense of whether you're a trustworthy person, but trust the fact that you know what you're doing, um, that they've met other people that you've done things for, that type of thing, that type of trust, uh, not the, the trust we would normally think of. Um, the um, Chamber of Commerce, as I said, is a great place to network. Make sure your friends and family know that um, you've started a practice, that you're that, that this is what you're doing, and that you would appreciate any referrals they might get. Having said that, one of the things I think some of the professional groups, lawyers and you know, doctors and some of these other professionals, they're somewhat afraid to let people know that they want referrals. Uh, there's a number of reasons for that. I think one of the things that we've been talking to some lawyers and some other groups is there's a, almost that mindset, well, if I have to ask for referrals, I'm not doing well. And you need to get out of that mindset and yeah, get into dangerous. the mindset of it. Yeah, that everybody out there, everybody I talk to is a potential referral source for me. Um, one of the things that, that obviously a lot of lawyers are doing now are, you know, the Internet, uh, the uh, Facebooks, the LinkedIn's, those type of things. You need to be doing that. Um, I would suggest that even if you're a young lawyer starting out, uh, you invest in a website. You have a website so that it's almost like uh, in the today's day and times, if you don't have a website, you really are, um, you know, really not in business. So invest in a website. Uh, invest in learning how to blog. Uh, that's one of the big things I think that's going on right now is just blogging, uh, letting people know that you're out there, letting people read your articles, letting people know that you're an expert in a certain area. So so those are some of the things that, that you can go back and really focus on. Um, are they all going to work for you? Certainly not. But pick the ones that you think, you know, you feel comfortable at. If you feel comfortable going to Chamber of Commerce meetings, by all means do it. If you feel comfortable hanging out with other lawyers, certainly do that. Um, I go to a, uh, uh, there's a, a group of, uh, that's a CPA meeting that they have here uh, all around Chicago. And quite frankly, um, when I first went to the, the first CPA meeting, I went, I expected to meet a bunch of CPAs. And uh, there was about three CPAs, and the rest of the people there were, um, there was a very diverse group. They were financial planners. They were bankers. Uh, quite frankly, there was only one lawyer amongst all these. And I, I think I've met two or three lawyers that go to these groups. But CPAs are this type of group. Uh, this other type of professional group, a CPA group, is a great source for for business. Sure, the CPAs sure. come in contact with 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 people that you know need the help of a lawyer. You get to know these CPAs, and your mind, you know, the, you're there. You, you're you're helping the CPA by two things: the CPA, you have a good relationship, and the CPA has a client that needs help, and he can refer a client over to you. And you help that client out, and that makes a CPA look like a hero. Uh, that gets into the referral aspect of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm going rather fast, and, and I'm looking at my time knowing that we're, we're, we're get, going to get short on time, so I'm trying to get a bunch of stuff in. But um, Let's stop for again, a break, and then why don't you – let's let's condense in the last 10 minutes, but let's pause for a break. And the one, one of the things – a couple things I'd like to uh, remark on and highlight – 
the I looked at um I looked up for the first time this networking monkey and I think that it's really cool. I haven't found anything. I was just looking at technology um thinking of uh my software licensing client and and you know things that he could go to, but I also like that there's an area to post events on here too. So it's you know find my my thing is find a site like this and just stick with it and, you know, just look at it time and time and again, um, you know, put it on your calendar to routinely do it. And it's just making a plan and working the plan, but take some of these things and put it on your plan. The other thing that I wanted to mention was some of the groups that you mentioned, Jim, in like the BNI groups or other groups. I've, I know some people who've gone to groups and have had poor experiences. Um, maybe they found the wrong group. So, you know, again, the, the, the rules of thumb is you get out what you put in and you have to stick around for a while to build the relationship. Relationships with these people to uh, to know you know trust you. They're not necessarily going to refer your clients when they've seen you two or three times. Um, it's over getting to know them as a person and trusting them. So um, again, you know, pick something and stick with it. If after you know a, a good amount of time you don't get any response out of it or anything, you know, maybe the the people, the other people in the group are not that active. So don't blame the group, blame the people. You know, so these are just some things to think about. But we'll be back in a, in a couple minutes. Let's just finish out with our uh, final uh, law practice management resources and a message from our final sponsor of the day. Um, now, for law practice management resources, I want to cite the book that I found at ABABooks.org. This one today was called The Role of Independent Directors in Corporate Governance. Updated and expanded, the role of independent directors provides a concise, plain English overview for the corporate directors of their duties and their place in corporate governance process. For attorneys, the accompanying CD-ROM provides access to more than 10,000 pages of governance and securities law source material underlying the text. This book will provide independent directors and their advisors with an understanding of the primary legal and governance issues that have evolved in corporate governance environment past dec- in the past decade, including Sarbanes-Oxley and the Dodd-Frank Act. Second uh, practice management resource is the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin and Chicago Lawyer Magazine. These are great sources for up-to-date legal news here in Chicago and around the state of Illinois. Also, check out the Law Bulletin blog, Attorneys in Transition, which offers advice and tips from lawyers going through a career transition. It also hosts a monthly career seminar for lawyers in flux in their careers. Visit attorneysintransition.com. I am one of the authors uh, for the uh, Attorneys in Transition column and feel strongly about the many benefits offered by the columns uh, written not only by myself but uh, several individuals who write for that column. A lot of people put a lot of time into that, so uh, attorneys transition.com. Third, the Law Practice Management School. ALRPRA's classes start January 11th this Wednesday, 2011. You can email me, Nick, N-I-C-K, at ALRPRA.com for more information. Please include the Law Practice Management School in your subject line. Course uh, offering is $500. Again, for this week and this week only, we're offering it for those who register uh, this week for 250 So that's a deal. All right, so back to our show. Again, the call-in number, 917-889-9732. Option one to be placed in the queue, and let's get back to actually before that. I'm sorry, we almost missed George Finder. 
George Finder is a credit damage expert, and he is he can put a dollar amount on damage to credit reputation. George Finder is one of the only experts in the country, and attorneys and plaintiffs who've retained his services have earned huge damage awards in various practice areas, such as personal injury, employment law, family law, and general civil litigation. By learning to incorporate credit damage analysis questions into the intake process, you and your staff will learn how to spot credit damage events worthy of retaining George Finder's credit damage analysis services. Right now, any of our listeners who contact George Finder, tell them that they heard him on Law Talk Radio. They'll receive free of charge one hour of CLE presentation, so grab a pen and take down this email address, creditdamageassociates, plural, creditdamageassociates at gmx.com. Available nationwide, Credit Damage Expert, George Finder's website is full of resources. Visit creditdamageexpert.com to learn more about George Finder and his expert services. All right, now back to Jim Thompson. Jim, um, filling the pipeline, let's, uh, if we could uh, just kind of focus on sort of a process. Um, you know, now's a good time. It's January. So what's a simple process people can stick to and filling the pipeline once they've gone and done the networking and they've, they're looking for referral partners, what's the next step? Well, let me let me kind of back up just a little bit because you hit on something just before you went on the uh, commercial sure. break. And, and that was going to um, – you may go to a group and you may not like that group. It's like I go to a restaurant, I don't like that restaurant for one reason or another. I always give a restaurant a second chance. Um, go to the group. More than once, uh, participate in the group. Um, I, I came across to somebody the other day that, that was at a referral group that I told them to go to, mentioned they should go to, called me up and said that was the worst thing I ever went to. I said, well, why? Well, I didn't meet anybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, you got to talk to people. I didn't meet anybody, and I just didn't feel comfortable there. I said, well, that's fine. You know, if you don't like it, you know, try a couple other groups. What I like, you may not like. But here's something else. Ask around. Ask people that uh, you that go to. Uh, you may have a contact, say, that's a CPA. John, um, you're a CPA. What networking groups do you go to? Uh, do you think I would fit in? Yeah, hey, hey, Jim, why don't you come with me? I'll introduce you around. You know, Rotary Clubs, any of those type of groups where you're going to meet people. Somebody brought up today, it was like, yeah, it's like I was at a meeting and somebody says, you know, sometimes you're sitting next next to someone at, a, at your kid's basketball game. That could be as good a referral group as not because the person you're sitting next to, you start talking to them, that person might be the, uh, the uh, CEO of a corporation or might have a small business. You just never know where you're going to meet someone. So, you know, always be open to that, quote, networking. And I, I, I think networking is not just necessarily going to a specific event and thinking that, you know, you're going to meet on the context. One other thing I want to say about networking, when you go to a networking event, I've had people go to a networking event with the mindset that I'm going to this networking event and I'm going to meet three or four people that I'm going to do business with, or maybe even one person. That very seldom happens. Uh, what you need to think about is I'm going to a networking event and everybody I meet, I meet a person today, he may never need my services, but if you, you you study some of these, the people that talk about marketing and networking, they talk about everyone knowing somewhere between 150 and 250 people. So I might meet that person today that I will never, ever do business with or that person won't do business with me, but guess what? He may have 150 people in his network that 
when something comes up, he, you want to be on the top of his mind. Yes, my cousin um, is, is going through some uh, some problems, some domestic problems, and boy, I'm going to think, oh yeah, I met this lawyer that I really like. I'm going to call, have her call Jim, or I'm going to call Jim, and, and introduce the two of them so that they can get together. So, so don't go to these networking events with the idea that boy, I'm going to walk in and I'm going to walk out with a bunch of business. Uh, one other thing, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm digressing a little bit, but when you go to a networking event, and, and, and I know that time is short, so I would suggest getting Bob Berg's book, Endless Referrals, and reading the section on networking and then re, re, read the section on referral building. But when you go to a networking event, you've got to have your, and people call it your elevator speech or your, you know, your 30-second infomercial. I came across something that I sent out to a bunch of my clients, and I thought it was good. Michael Port wrote this. Michael Port has a book called um, uh, Book Yourself Solid. And it's a very simple thing, but it says how to talk about what you do. So in, in essence, he says, you know what? People give elevator speeches and they're boring. And so here's some other thoughts that you might think about when you give your elevator speech. I hate to call it that. So we'll call it your 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 benefit statement, your benefit speech. You know, get that down pat so when you meet someone, you can tell somebody, this is what I can do for you. So many people, and I could almost spend an hour talking about this subject, when they meet someone, they begin to tell them, well, I'm a lawyer and I do this and I do that. People yeah. don't care. They care about what you can do for them. So they want to know, okay, I, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm a lawyer and such and such. Who cares? You know, uh, my name is, is Jim, and I practice domestic relations law, which means that I help people who have family problems resolve those problems as amicably as possible. Just something like that as opposed to I'm a divorce lawyer. You know, uh, so so you've got to work on that. You've got to have that down when you go meet people. One of the biggest things, and I'll, I guess we're getting so close to out of time, and, and I wanted to talk about referrals and referral partners. Maybe we'll save that for another show. But when you meet somebody at a networking event, let them do 80% of the talking. Let them talk. You kind of go back, and, and I, as a lawyer, um, we have a tendency to want to talk and control the conversation, and it's very difficult. Um, but when you meet someone, let them do the talking. Have some questions that you can ask them that will get them talking. For instance, and one of the, one of the best questions I've come across, quite frankly, is not mine. I, I'm somebody else. Is is I meet Nick and I say, you know, Nick, it's really nice meeting. Let me ask you a question. When you're not practicing law or you're not a CPA or doing whatever you're doing, what do you like to do for fun? And he goes, well, geez, you know, I like to golf, or, you know, I have, uh, I, I, I asked a client one time that, or, and she was a concert violinist. I had no clue. She was a banker, but she's a concert violinist. Huh. You know, so that develops an instant rapport, and you get away from this business talk. You start knowing somebody as a, as a person. And what happens? I get to know somebody. I get to like them. I get to trust them. They're going to use my services. I might use their services, or they're going to refer me to someone. So, so when you go to these networking events, you know. And again, it, uh, what I've said, I've said really quick. And some of you probably who are listening, hopefully, will, will write some of these things down. But if you hadn't, go back and take a look at, at Bob Berg's book. Uh, uh, you know, uh, again, I, I, you, I sound like I'm a, 
a salesperson for Bob Berg and his <laughs> books, but quite frankly, um, you will be amazed at how much information you can glean from from his endless referrals. But he has a bunch of other books out. Uh, but the, 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 the endless referral book is, is absolutely one you should have on your bookshelf. And, and you should read it, not just have it, but you should read it and, and, and uh, devour it, if you will, and go back. And, and one of the suggestions I would make is before you go to a networking event, kind of refresh. Take, take 10 minutes to look back through you know, your, 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 your endless referrals book about networking and some of the things that you might want to think. Refresh your mind. And as you get more and more accustomed to going to networking events, some of these things will come very naturally to you. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much more time we have. I wish we had a lot more time because I really wanted to talk about, um, you know, building referrals and building referral partners and things of that nature. But um, I guess it's Why don't you take three minutes? You know. Three minutes. Okay. That's good stuff. Okay. Just go. Okay. Referrals. Um one of the things when you do networking, as I mentioned real quick, you're not so much there, you are looking for somebody that may do business with you, but you're also looking for people that might refer business to you. One of the things I've already mentioned is you want to make sure that people know that you are in business to get referrals. I mean, you build, not in business to get referrals, but you build your business by, by referrals. So let people know that. Um, if somebody gives you a referral, uh, thank them for the referral. I know different bar associations across the country, you know, do not allow you to compensate somebody that gives you a referral, uh, monetarily compensate. But, boy, there's so many different ways. Just send in somebody a nice thank you card or, or send in somebody, um, you know, flowers. Somebody gives you a, a nice referral. Depending on what your local bar association allows, Make sure that that person knows that they are appreciated when they give you a referral. Because I'll, and I'll, I'll digress real quick and say, if you, if you get a referral from someone, you sit down and you write a handwritten note. Nick, I really want to thank you for the referral. Um, I will take care of Jim in, in the same manner that I've, I've, I've worked for you all these years or whatever. And I'll tell you what happens. Number one, that person knows they're appreciated for the referral. Number two, that person gets that note, and I guarantee you that that person will refer somebody else to you. They'll get that note, and they'll go, you know what? I just there there is there's somebody else I want to refer to Nick. So let me let me just call John over here and 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 tell him that he needs to call Nick because Nick can help him out of the jam or whatever he's in. And and so many lawyers, business people, but so many lawyers miss that opportunity. Absolutely do not, under any circumstances, send somebody a thank you by email. That's the worst thing you could do. I'd rather not get a thank you than get one like that. Um, one other thing, and I'll, again, real quick, develop referral partners. What I mean by referral partners is somebody that you can work with that doesn't necessarily, does not compete with you. Uh, if you're, say you're a domestic relations lawyer, and I've touched on this before, you might want to make sure that you know some trial lawyers. You want to make sure you know some real estate lawyers. Um, you, you, you might want to make sure that you know some, some real estate professionals, some real estate agents, some mortgage bankers. Um, these are people that um, are referral partners that can send you business. You can send them business too, obviously, and that's why we call it a referral partner. But if you're a real estate attorney, make sure that you know 
mortgage people and make sure that uh, you know, maybe even type, depending on the state you're in, how the title companies operate, you know the title, the people, the salespeople or whatever in the title company. You want to get to know these people so that they can refer business to you. I mentioned before, a great source, depending on your practice, obviously, for business is CPAs. Um, financial planners are a great source for uh, attorneys involved in the estate practice area. So make sure that you you make a concerted effort. Somebody mentioned today, and I think it's a good thing, that they had made a concerted effort to meet and develop one new referral partner a week. Now that sounds like an awful lot, but if you stop and think about it, you know you concentrate on and who can be my referral partner. And who do I want to see and who do I want to make sure I get to see this week? Now, that referral partner may not refer business to you for a year. But, again, uh, you've made that connection. At the end of the year, you've got 52 referral partners, and those referral partners are more than likely introducing you to people they know so that you develop this circle of you know, referrals where people are referring business to you, you're referring business to them, and... You know, pretty soon you're really developing a very good practice. Um, I hope that I've touched on the refer. I could, you know, spend another hour, obviously, on, on talking about getting into referrals and the best way to do it. Um, one more plug, you know, <laughs> since I didn't have the time to really do what I wanted to do with referrals, buy Bob Berg's book, Endless Referrals, and um, he's also got another uh, book out that somebody might you might want to look at. And it's a great book. It's called The um, uh, the Go-Giver. It's a parable. Uh, it has nothing to do with law other than it talks about uh, people who give get more in return. It's, it's another great, great book. Pay it forward. I'm, I'm about winded. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it's like the pay it forward thing. I do that all the time because it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's uh, some of the some follow up comments, um, and I know that we're way over our time, but that's if anyone had to go, they had to go. Um, you know, some of the things that I think is that it's good to find events that you have no idea where you know what you're going to get out of it. Some of the, I've written blogs about some of. Um, the most unlikely uh, social occasions where you end up finding people who are good. And, you know, one of these that I just uh, Googled online how I was going to get there, I'm going to Kim Anderson's office. Kim Anderson of Anderson and Bobak is uh, one of my fellow John Marshall alumni. And I just was on LinkedIn today. I was working on promoting my client software licensing seminar series. And, I ran into, I just, you know, I saw I had a LinkedIn message and I looked and it was from Kim and it was for today. Um, and it was something about forensics. So I have no idea what this is about. I'm not a practicing attorney, but I'm going to go because it just, A, I like Kim. Uh, you know, I see her at John Marshall events. Um, you know, I, every, you know, we've seen each other in running, I interviewed her for a, a piece I was writing on courtroom decorum uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we run into each other, you know, frequently. And the the more I get to know her, the more I have referred clients to her and uh, had an experience of, you know, it was good or, you know, whatever the experience was. And, you know, so it's someone that becomes like second nature. 
nature to me to think who's downtown who can handle you know child custody cases. So of course I sent her a note that says I'll love to you know I'll be at your event tonight. Um, you know, and by the way, I let her know. By the way, I am getting very involved in international child custody cases. I have a client law firm in India, and I'm working on being able to uh, partner uh, law firms in the U.S. with partner with law firms in India to handle some of those because that's you know our, our uh, we had our series with Attorney Malani Bayana. There, um, you know, that's a growing uh, issue, and there's going to be more and more. And more going on with that, uh, you know, and things in your future. So now, now she knows that. So I've got something to talk to her about. So it's just, it's practical. You know, a lot of this stuff is easy. You just have to put yourself in the mindset and just remember to tell people what you do, let them know that you're interested in getting clients, and, you know, just make yourself a, an available and friendly person. And my other final comment, only, and I, you know, I, I usually don't, um, you know, elaborate on my guests. Uh, information, but again, as we do this, uh, you know, part of our agency, um, so we think about this day in and day out. Pick something and stick with it. Well, problem that people have is they will pick a marketing activity or some sort of activity, and they'll do it for three or mo- three months. They'll do it for six months, and then they'll quit. They'll drop off the map, and it's that's not it's not how it works you have to be all in invest in something again give it a good amount of time give it a full calendar year if you don't think it's turning out to be well you know change it up but um you know you have to stick with marketing activities you can't just put in and do a little and expect um a result i get that from my father all the time dad i hope you're not listening but my my father sells uh, radio station advertising and he will talk to businesses in his local area which is not here in chicago so i feel safe for talking about this but you know he'll tell me that he'll sell radio ads to um, you know, a car dealerships and, and whatnot, and they'll spend some money and they'll say, "Oh, we ran this ad for um, for a few days uh, or for a few weeks, and and we want to cancel. We didn't know, we didn't get any, anything out of it. We didn't see a jump in sales." And what people don't remember, people need to just remember that the key to marketing is in advertising. It's really an advertising thing, which marketing and advertising often go together, is repetition, you know, telling people what it is that you do and doing it repeatedly over time and time and time again. And it's, you know, you're in a sense drilling it into your heads. It's the same thing that every week people hear about the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme, and they never know when they're going to need it, but then they hear someone down the street say, oh, by the way, I started a new firm. I've got a trademark. Who do I call? That, and, that's, and they'll make that connection. So it's just, it's the, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of time, a lot of investment, but you just have to do something, stick with it. Jim, your response before we uh, wrap up? Yeah, you know, and, and since we, we, we one of the things, and, and you hit this so right on the head, well, I tried something for a week or a month or two months, and it just didn't work, and I'd give it up. One of the reasons that, uh, among other things, but one of the reasons that I like doing the Get Clients Now program is because it is a short six-week program. People see results in that six-week program. Once we get them on that six-week program and they've seen some results, we can then go to another level and take them, you know, uh, you know, into doing other things in other other areas as far as building their practice or building, you know, their business. But yeah, you you've hit it right on the head. You know, if I don't see results, uh, I put an ad in the paper and why didn't I get a hundred people? Uh, I sent out a hundred um, direct mail flyers yesterday and I didn't get one person call me. 
you know, it's like people have to understand that you've got to do things consistently on a regular basis, and you've got to do it. They, they say that it takes anywhere between 5 and 12 touches um, before somebody will do business with you. Sure, and you sure. And you stay there, and you've got to let people know you're out there. And, you, and here's the thing, you know, especially so many services that are provided by lawyers, people don't need today. You know, um, I'll go home tonight, and my brother-in-law will call me up and say, hey, Jim, do you know, and this happened yesterday, not my brother-in-law, but a, a client of mine uh, on another situation, not a lawyer, called me up and said, um, do you know a good divorce lawyer? And I kind of went, oh, are you getting to, she says, no, um, I'm, I'm very happily married, thank you, but she has a friend of hers that has some domestic problems and was looking for a, a lawyer that she could refer to. And, and so, you know, yeah. That's what happens. So you've got to stay out there. You've got to let people know this is what you do. This is how you do it. If if somebody comes down the pike and says, I'm looking for a trial lawyer, uh, they probably wouldn't say a trial lawyer because a lot of people don't know what trial lawyer really means in a sense, but I'm looking for a, a real estate lawyer. I'm looking for a divorce lawyer. I'm looking for uh, a state planning lawyer. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, I know. I met I met. John and, and and I really like him. I, I've heard good things about him. Let me connect this person with John, and and that's what it's all about. It's connectivity. But if you say, well, I'm going to do this for a month and it doesn't work, I'm going to try something else. Here's the thing, too. People will say, I'm going to try something for a month. Generally, the thing they say they're going to try, they don't do. For instance, somebody says. I am going to concentrate on calling 10 new potential clients a day. The first day, they go, oh, it's great. Second day, it's great. Third day, well, that's not working for me, so, you know, I'm going to skip that. And, and and you've got to have that consistency. You've got to be in a position where you say, okay, I am going to make sure that I try this. I'm going to do it consistently. I'm going to track my results at the end of a month or two months or three months if it's not working. Maybe I'll find out why it's not working. Again, going back to, okay, I'm going to go to these networking events. You might go to five networking events, uh, Chamber of Commerce or whatever, and you go, hmm, none of these are working for me. Well, mm -hmm. maybe it's time to do two things. Reassess the type of events you're going to or reassess what you're doing when you go to those events. Exactly. You know, and I look at Networking Monkey here, and I'm just thinking, you know, this is a really good – I keep hopping back to this to find events. Um, I'm just putting in different search queries and finding that, um, you know, here's one that's on the 12th. Um, that's tomorrow. I think I'm – I know that I'm already booked. I'm going to CBA thing, but it's Chicago HR Wine, and they spelt it W-H-I-N-E, so they're whining and dining. So, again, a lot of the HR people are probably having a lot of issues right now. Maybe that has something to do with uh, things that Donna Adler talked about on her last show with ICE enforcement. But, um, you know, there's a lot of good things on here. I think I might call and uh, see if I can turn Networking Monkey into a – 
a sponsor on this show. And and that just brings me to my comment I wanted to make that someone asked me uh, a couple months ago whether I how the Law Talk radio shows were going and whether I'd can, whether I was going to keep doing them. And it's you know and I don't know how much business that you know, I have gotten directly from the show. I'm not sure I couldn't articulate how many, uh, you know, a bit much business our clients have had from a show. But I'll tell you this: we had uh, Mark Harris talk about his technology forecast last time I checked that a couple weeks ago. He had 1,300 listens. So it's like thir- it was like 1,378 people listened arc to that archive mm-hmm. broadcast that we just shared on you know his social media and my social media. And between our two networks, there's a lot of people there, a lot of tech friendly people. So it, it it just you have to continue. And it it takes people a while to hear about it for a while. You know, for a while people said, oh, you know, all I see on my Facebook are your radio show events, but. Now they're they're you know they're using it as a resource now going to the website and saying oh I need to find someone for this and they're like looking because they know that if they dig through our archives they'll find an expert for something so it just it just takes time and you just have to keep doing it and um, just be in there for the long haul so Jim I thank you for your comments today I know we went a little bit over and I think that's appropriate considering we spent the first uh, 15 minutes chattering about the Arizona debacle and everything going on there and again uh, you know ALRPRA's thoughts are um you know as of course we've been talking about pro gun uh, you know not pro guns but um you know different political things and we try to stay politically neutral um you know overall uh, you know all the time we tell people that it's you know certainly um what am I trying to say here? I'm just basically trying to say that you know, thoughts and thoughts go out to all the victims of any tragedy or senseless shooting or uh, you know unfortunate events, and I think that most people will. You know, the, I heard a comment that the whole different political processes are there for the purpose of compromise between uh, two differing parties. So um, we're not seeing as much compromise as we'd like, and a lot of people are getting heated there. Um, I I hope that as a country we can uh, pull ourselves together and uh, act like adults. That would be a good thing. So, Jim, thanks for being on the show today. I think that your next show is coming up on the – let me see. I'll tell you exactly what it is. I think it's the first – we're going back to the first week in – First Thursday uh, of the month, so February 3rd, I've got Jim Thompson here. We're going to talk a little bit about the pipeline and and, uh, people. We're going to talk about the people we put in the pipeline in January. And in February, what do we do with them if they're stuck in the pipeline? They're not moving along. We don't want to bug people. We want to remain professional, but um, how should we – what's our plan? So, Jim, how does that sound for a show for uh, February 3rd? Okay, sounds good. We'll talk about probably one of the things that most people never do, and that's follow up. Yeah, so well, we'll, following we'll up. Make sure that we, yeah, we'll, we'll gear up. Our, I'll gear my um, my information towards uh, things that I know that can help people in in following up on the P. Because you you put people in a pipeline, and it doesn't do any good if you don't follow up with them. Very exactly. Simple. All right. Well, thanks for uh, today, and we'll see you then on February 3rd. I want to also thank all of our uh, audience listeners and also thank our sponsors. We had, number one, the Intellectual Property Law Office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Second, the Lawyer Market. Third, Jim Thompson of Midwest Consulting Group. And fourth, credit damage expert George Finder. 
For upcoming shows, please visit alrpra.com forward slash law talk radio. There are hyphens in that, so maybe you just want to Google it or go to alrpra.com. It's the second tab. Hard to miss. Upcoming broadcasts will be listed there. By way of disclaimer, this is a general information program, and the advice shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. Results may be based, very based on specific facts and location and communication with our attorney guests. Among guests and callers on this show does not give rise to an attorney-client relationship. If you have further questions, you're always encouraged to consult with an attorney and or appropriate professional in your area. Finally, all callers remain confidential, and all rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA Incorporated. Now, these Law Talk Radio broadcasts are programmed to bring our attorney and non-attorney audiences the tips, tools, and practice area information they can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers of legal services. With our guests and listeners located worldwide, we appreciate the opportunity to use this socially networked radio program to bring people together and share collective intelligence. As always, this is Nick Augustine for ALRPRA Incorporated. We thank you for your time, and we'll see you on Thursday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.